Okay, good evening. Thank you for coming. So last week we discussed the halachas of sinks, when there would be a shaila if someone used the same sink for to wash both milchik dishes and fleshik dishes. Today we're going to move on to dishwashers. Can you hear me? Dishwashers. So the there's really is two different topics. There's a topic of commercial dishwashers, which, which you won't discuss unless someone is uh, working in a Pesach hotel. You'll find out how to kosher it. It's a totally different machine and different uh, ways to kosher. It's actually easier to kosher, but uh, needs needs a, a better koshering. But you can remove everything and you can blow torch it. That's really what people do when they are koshering commercial dishwashers. But today we're going to discuss resident, residential dishwashers. So there are a few different topics within the discussion of dishwashers. Number one, can you use the same dishwasher for both milchiks and fleishiks? Number two, let's say a person is not doing that, but by mistake, it was used for the wrong thing. This is a classic question. Someone looks at their uh, dishwasher and they saw someone put in a milchik fork in the fleshy dishwasher and the cycle was run. Do I have to kosher both the fork and the fleshy dishes? Additionally, we're going to discuss the question of koshering dishwashers. It's mostly relevant regarding uh, Pesach. Most people are not koshering the dishwasher back and forth from fleshy to milchik, but it will be a question of Pesach or when someone purchases an apartment, a home, or or the like, and they have a used kitchen, how do they kosher? They're in an Airbnb, and I guess they're going to be washing dishes over Yontif or something. How would you kosher your dishwasher? You know you know Yankamil's famous joke, right? Which what? Puts his hands up that his wife uses the same dishwasher for milligrams and for <laughs> six. You see? Very good. Okay, so the question is, it, it's really goes back to what we've been discussing the past few weeks. There are four different considerations. The consideration of not by not, which we'll get to at the end. The question of how hot is this water? Is it a klisheni? Is it iroi? What exactly is the water in a dishwasher? You have the question of soap, of pegima. And now we bring in the question of bitto. How much water do you have against what's going on? So for the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to discuss what a dishwasher is, what a residential dishwasher is made of, how it works. We're not going to get through all the technical details, not that I know it, but we're just going to see what we need to know to Paskin Halacha. What what are we dealing with? So a dishwasher in a nutshell is basically an automated automated sink. You have racks and there's hot water and soap. For most of us, you push the button or your wife pushes the button and trella, you have clean dishes in an hour, two hours, and that's how we know of dishwashers. However, if you look into what a dishwasher is, you will see that a dishwasher, especially the ones that are made today in, the, in our generation, there's a reservoir of water on the bottom of the dishwasher that collects water. There is a heating coil there. Now you start thinking about clearishine. There's a heating coil in the dishwasher itself. Most of the dishwashers have something called spray arms that spray water throughout the chamber. And eventually the water gets drained and that's your dishwasher. So to do a little of a, a more a deeper dive, most dishwashers have at least three cycles. These three cycles are called the pre-rinse cycle. The pre-rinse cycle is simply water only. There's no soap at that during that cycle. The purpose of the cycle is to get rid of uh, as much junk as possible. The chalent, potatoes, whatever you have in your dishwasher, the pre-rinse cycle tries to get rid of that. Then there's a second step called the wash. That's where you have hot water, soap, 
And the final rinse is called a sanitizing rinse. Once the soap and the water have been have gone through the cycle, you have a final sanitizer rinse, which is hot water only and no soap. Now let's go through it one by one. The pre-rinse cycle in America uses hot water. It takes hot water from the boiler. It's basically the same temperature you would assume as your sink, turning on the hot water. And in other places, it actually uses cold water, but in America it uses hot water. Halachically, we're going to, uh, to show how this rinse, you, on the surface, just to go back a second, you would think this is the, the major issue. There's hot water, there's no, there's no soap. So then if you had milk and in the at the same time, you would have an issue. So we're going to get to all the details in a few moments. Then you have the wash, where you have soap, hot water, cleaning everything, and the sanitizer rinse, where again, there's no soap, but you have extremely hot water. If you go through the Shilas and Shuvas, most of the Paiskim, if you look at what they were talking about, the Ramosha Feinstein and others, Ramosha Feinstein actually has eight different Shuvas on dishwashers. He talks about milk and flashix, kashering from treif. Are you allowed to kasher? Porcelain, the dishwashers in his day were made out of porcelain. Those are the different topics he discusses. Clearly, he was dealing with dishwashers that did not have a heating element. In fact, someone asked him later on, it's a clear shine. How could you tell me it's only Eroy? And Ramayushi says, I don't know what you're talking about. There's no heating element in the dishwasher itself. So clearly in the 60s and 70s, the, the, there was no heating element in the dishwasher itself. But today, you open your dishwasher, you'll see any newer model has its own heating element, which makes it more complicated, so to say. It, it's, it is ne- now has a status of a... And that, that heats up Yatsaladis boy for sure. Oh, that, that's... So, last week we discussed that Yatsaladis boy is in a range, we said, between about 120 and 160 degrees. So, the truth is, we could always say it's a suffix. Unless you know that your hot water is above 160, it might be a, a together of suffix if it's Yatsaladis boy or not. And it's an excellent consideration, you know, depending on the Shiloh. If you have many other reasons to be Mako, we could say, oh, it's also a suffix if it's Yatsaladis boy, anyways. That's an excellent point. So that's one major change that happened over time. A second change is that our dishwashers claim to be efficient. Now, the way they measure efficiency is that the standard cycle has to use very little water. Now, it's interesting that that's where the company has the Energy Star sticker that it only uses you know three less than 3.5 gallons, so you think it's very efficient. However, if you load it up after a Shabbos meal, and much of Shabbos you press the dishwasher, you're going to use way more than 3.5 gallons. It's going to just have additional cycles. So the main cycle is three gallons. But either way, our dishwashers use, use much less water than, his, than they used to use historically. Historically, they would use 10, 15 gallons of water to run through a, a dishwasher. Today, you can get away with three and a half, five, seven, but definitely less than the, the, um, the, what was historically used. Now, why do we care how much water is being used? So the first reason why we would care is, do we have bitl against bitn? So as I told you, one of my colleagues at the CRC, he took video, he put cameras in different people's dishwashers with their permission, obviously. And he just wanted to collect data. And he asked people to take pictures of he asked people, Mata Shabbos, when you're about to run your dishwasher, take a picture. Show me what, what it looks like in your dishwasher. And I won't tell you. I won't tell anyone anonymous. So 
people leave a lot of things on their dishes. And if you want to get into the question of Vito, so he says like this, if your war, if the, if your cycle, let's say uses, uh, what does he say? The, uh, two gallons, let's say the cycle of hot water is two gallons. So then you would, if you have more than eight tea lights, that size of a tea light, think about a tea light, eight tea light size of food, then you don't have bitl vashishim because you only have two ga- you know two gallons is two hundred and uh, and fifty six ounces fluid ounces so just a few fluid ounces two three fluid ounces you're ready you're ready uh, not not two three but once you get into uh, five five fluid ounces of product you no longer have bitl vashishim and even if and if you go lower if it only uses 0.8 gallons in a rinse you know a highly efficient uh, dishwasher then if you think about an ear pods case, that amount of food, now it have to, would have to be treif or basar or chalav, not potatoes, but that amount of basar would not be bottled bashishim in the water. So that's just something to point out that over time we use less water in our dishwasher. So we typically don't have shishim of water in the basic rinse. Okay. Oh, we typically don't have that much meat in the, in the thing either. Five, uh, five, five tea lights of 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 mamish in the dishwasher, a food. Why also, not? Be... You don't have that. No, you clean. You throw the stuff in the garbage. You know, come on. Okay, so look, so what's the Shabbos? Look, check. But also, you don't. That's only if you have a. If you're using a lot of water, and that's in that rinse. But if you're only using 0.8 gallons, it's different cycle. So that that specific um, part of the cycle only uses one gallon. Again, you're having. You only have three gallons in your in your energy star energy star. Dishwasher only uses three gallons of water in, in total during their their standard rinse cycle. That means there's different cycles within that in that rinse cycle. So one of those three, so let's say it's one one gallon, is is the uh, is when you need shishim. But if I have even an iPod case, what do you call it, earpod case of food, I don't have bittel with one gallon of water. So well, that, that's a lot less than five. Uh... Five, yeah, so five was if you have five. three gallons of water or two point eight. Okay, right. we have different cheshbonos. Either way, we're not so convinced that you're going to have bittel. So let, let's let's just let's just clarify what what we're dealing with here. So number one, so I just wanted to give you different different things to consider: hot bittel. So let's see. The first the first rinse is called a pre rinse. There, although the water is coming straight from the boiler, that water is just as hot as when you turn on your sink. Now, if when you turn on your sink, you're not getting. 130 degree water right, right away. It takes a long time for it to heat up. So the the pre rinse this is this has been documented with various uh, kashrus uh, experts. At most, it's going to be about 100 degrees. The water, the temperature reading of that water that's going to collect in, in the reservoir and going to spritz around is at most 100 degrees. It is not yatsaledas boy, and there will be no issue of the first. Even if someone took a shower earlier, um, um, igniting. The hot water. Well, the, the, the dishwasher is cold. So it goes into the dishwasher first. It collects. It's really a cliche anyways. And it sprays around. Again, the heating element is off during the, the pre-rinse cycle. So there's nothing to worry about. Pre-rinse, so far, so good. And, in fact, it gets rid of most of the ben. So forget about... And I don't even have to worry about shishim anymore because I got rid of the ben. Most of the ben. The second cycle is the wash cycle. Now, in the wash cycle, we have hot water. 
Now here the water is being heated up by the heating element inside the dishwasher, so it has the status of a klirishon. However, on the other hand, the kula we have soap. The soap uh, spits. You put the soap in. It, it goes into this uh, into into the, the rinse. And during this wash cycle, you have hot water and soap. So the hot water makes it a klirishon. But who cares? I have soap, and therefore one of two things is definitely happening. Number one. The blia is never going to hit. You have fleshiks and milchiks. Even if you use it at the same time, by the time it gets into the water, it has a soapy taste, and there will never be an issue of of, uh, of of transferring of taste. The soap is hot too. The soap gets hot. It gets, the soap is hot, or it doesn't cool off anything. It's uh, 130 degrees, 140, but it's it's not going to get to 212. The soap will, will not will not uh, boil, but it it's it's there. It's in the mixture. And you're not going to have a transferring of taste. So so far so good. So the first rinse we didn't have yatsaladis by. So we're not worried about that. The second rinse we do have yatsaladis by. Let's say 130, 140 degrees, and it's a klirishon, but we have soap, and the soap lechayra should be should be a hetter. Now what's this hetter? The mechaber said we learned the mechaber together in Sif Dalid, in Simon Sadiyeh. The mechaber had said yearly shemnasnu shemnasnu If you put the soap in the water. Uh, before you put the kaderis in. So even though there might be some be'en, not a problem, So Siftal, the Shulchanor, clearly says that Efer, he's referring to soap, ashes, we spoke about how you make soap from ashes, that is nice in time of gam. Now, some place give him questions and said, well, if you look in the shach, the shach said, not so fast, maybe Efer doesn't give a bad taste, so you have to test it. So what they did was many of the rabbanim they, they they tested the they taste the think about how much soap is going to be used in the water that ratio and taste it and if it has a negative taste it doesn't taste good so then they, they did it out they not right no no they, they taste themselves they taste themselves no, they rather than him taste it why should they taste it? that's good timas so you taste it you look at it, you see it doesn't taste good so now it's nice and time of gum and for the most part whether you, you use powder detergent, uh, liquid detergent, if you're using the normal amount or more, then you have nice and time of gum. However, the bigger shaila is number three. The third rinse is the sanitizer rinse. The sanitizer rinse does not have any soap. It's simply hot water. And you're using a klirishon. So l'chaira, at this third stage, you're having hot water and it's cooking uh, both, if you, again, if you use the same dishwasher for both milchik pots and fleshik pots in the, at the same time, you have hot water and it's heating both milchik pot and fleshik pot at the same time, and l'chari you have a problem. So we learned together, the mechaber and sif gimel said it's not a problem. The mechaber and shulchan aruch said this is based on nap or not, so if you're a svarti, ka'arei shel basar, shehutcho b'yorech ha'leves, b'chamin, shayatz leves boy, even if it's yatz leves boy, if you have plate of a fleshik plate and a milchik plate, in the same pot, again, there's no be'en. So what is it? It's not barnat. We spent many weeks learning not barnat. And according to the Shulchan Aruch, there's no problem. So if you're a Svarti, and Rav Yosef passing like this as well, you'd be allowed to use a dishwasher for both milchiks and fleishiks. In fact, Rav says you could probably use it for, at the same exact time. You could use a dishwasher for milchiks and fleishiks. Seems like a bechidish. Now, he does recommend waiting in between, and many Svarad Shapoiski and Rav Hamar does not hold like him. He holds Yishakash in between. But that is Rabbi Vadi says Tshuva, and Luchayra, it's very strong reasoning based on the Shulchan Aruch. Two, two Sifim in Shulchan Aruch. The first rinse is, is less than the Atzalev, this boy. The second rinse has soap, that's in Sif Dalid. And the third rinse, the sanitizer rinse, is Sif Gimel, that it's not Barnat. Since it's clean, 
So you have a blee, you have a fleshic pot. There's no meat in the pot. The pot absorbed fleshic, so it's a nice and time. It's going to spit out w- flavor into the water. That's called not barnat. Not barnat is mutter, according to Shulchan Aruch. Why by the third cycle? Uh, why didn't the second cycle already oh. uh, destroy everything? So that's already? another reason to be makel. This is what we, we mentioned at the end of last week's year, that there's a discussion in the If you cook water, you cook soap in, in water, did you put the soap into the pot? This, this came up today. We were in a plant. This, there's a company that that has a kosher program, and last second they needed to run what we'll called $100,000 worth of product as kosher on equipment that isn't typically kosher. Let's change some of the details. So the standard kosher program is to wait 24 hours. After 24 hours, you kosher in the morning, Monday morning you kosher, and you run apple juice. Even though you ran grape juice on Friday, but as long as 24 hours have passed, the company koshers, and now you have uh, kosher equipment and you could run your apple juice. However, they wanted to run this apple juice, we'll call it Friday afternoon. They're not waiting 24 hours. So what do you do? So one of the things that companies do all the time is they do a CIP. They clean in place. They clean in place after every uh, product to make sure there's no carryover, there's no bacteria from product to product. Now, the CIP, the cleaning cycle, the rinse, typically gets to about 160 degrees, 170. It's definitely not Hagala. It's not 212, but it's hot. And they use a pegima. They use a caustic. They want to get rid of all the bacteria. So the question is, if they run at 170 degrees using a caustic, shouldn't that be pegim the bleus inside the keli? That's the question. So in the, in the kashras world, we do not go with this. We go with the chazanish that we only know that soap goes into the keli if the soap is being run at either 212 or at least the same temperature as the food inside the keli. But let's say the keli absorbed grape juice on Friday at 180 degrees. It was past 180 degrees. And now I'm putting in soap at 130 degrees. Maybe this these walls only absorb things at 180. How do I know that the soap went in when it's simply 130 degrees? So this that is was a, Friday. You talked about today. Friday would be okay. It's today the problem. Today, they use one after another. You just said Friday. No, cause, Friday cause I was giving an example. They, they always do grape on Friday. And they usually okay. do apple juice and orange juice on Monday. So they kosher Monday morning. Regular koshering. Let's assume it works at regular koshering Monday morning. Okay. But now they want to use they want to use the kalim on Friday. They're not going to leave it down for 24 hours. So right. the question is, why don't we say that the same way 24 hours works because nice and time of gone. So too, put soap into the machines. Put soap into the pasteurizer. How? By making it hot, 150 degrees. So some, in fact, do. this is based on our sif, our simon, simon sadier. Many of friends say it doesn't make a difference. It works. As long as you had soap and it was above Yatzlevis, boy, that would be poyim. And when I speak to my colleagues, they say the Rabbanon from 100 years ago, that's how they paskened. And we spoke about this with the hotels. Kashering ben yom kalim, they would say just add some soap to the Hagala water and you kashered it. Meaning, let's say you'd go to a, a community kashering, Arab Pesach, or a few days before Pesach, and they're kashering people's forks and knives uh, for, for Pesach. And you tell them, hey, Rabbi, this fork was used this morning. It was used with chametz. 
Can I still kosher it? It's not in a binyamai. So hundred years ago, the Rav would have told you, no problem, we'll add soap to the hot water and the soap will, will uh, be pagim the fork. However, by us, in, in the world of kashrus, we go with the chazanish and other paiskim. It's, it's quoted in many achreinim as well, that we are not convinced that the soap went into the kalim. To say that the soap existed in the water and didn't allow a bleah to travel, we're very comfortable saying that's a beferish mechaber. The atflesha kalim and milcha kalim, as long as the soap was there, it's, it's not going to allow a transferring of taste. But to tell me that I kashered the keli and the keli is no longer considered fleshiks by simply having a hot water with soap, we're not so convinced to say that. So therefore, in the final rinse, the sterilization, it's mamish tali in the shayla. During the second wash, you had soap. And it was the Yatsu Lebes, 140 degrees. So there was definitely not a transfer of taste from fleshik dish to milchik dish. If you pull it out at that point, we're all okay with it. It's not no problem. However, you left it in, and now there's a final sterilization wash, only hot water. So what do we say? If we hold, like the old Rabbanim, the older, the older generation, that once there was soap in here and it was hot water, there's no longer any blea in the kalim, so the sterilization is not going to affect anything. The final rinse is not a problem. It could be 180 degrees, 500 degrees, it doesn't make a difference. There's no blea anymore. It's, it's garbage. But if we go with the Chazanish, since the sterilization was at 140, uh, the, the wash was only at 140 degrees or so, we're, we're not convinced that the soap went in. Now you're cooking dishes in hot water, a fleshy dish and a milchig dish in hot water. Now that's only a problem, according to the Ramah. According to the Shulchan Aruch, it's still only a not by not, and it will be mutter. Okay, so as of now, we said, according to the Svardim, there's definitely room to discuss using the dishwasher for both milchiks and fleshik at the same time. Lamaisa, most of the Svardim are machmer. They, at the very least, they won't use it at the same time. They'll wait, zeh or zeh, or they'll kasher in between. But for Ashkenazim, we're not so sure yet. Are we allowed to use uh, the, this dishwasher for both milchiks and, and fleshiks? So, let's discuss the Ramah that we learned. The Ramah had said, now we're machmer. When you have two kalim, a fleshy keli and a milcha keli, and there's hot water there, so we are concerned that the nat bar nat, again, this is going back a few weeks, touched each other, met each other, before it, be, it lost its, its taste, its strong taste. Right? We said when you have a keli that was used for fleshics, that keli has absorbed taste of fleshics. That's called noisintam. When it goes back into water, it's called noisintam by noisintam. And really, it's par once it's at that stage. The question is, do I need to have a sequential uh, weakening of the taste? It has to go into water, become weak, and then someone added something to it? Or do we say once it hits the water, it's already weak? So according to the Shulchan Aruch, once it hits the water, it's no longer considered a strong, uh, potent flavor, and therefore it's fine. So you had a fleisha keli, milcha keli, at the same time, hot water, benyam, no problem. According to the Ramah, we're concerned it's going to hit each other at the same time, and it didn't get become weak, and therefore the Ramah says one is not allowed to use a keli to wash both fleshiks and milchik kalim at the same time. However, the Ramah is mako if we're dealing with the case of Eina Binyama. So let's 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 spell it out here. The way it would work, halachalamaisa. So halachalamaisa, Rav Moshe Feinstein Paskins, that Meikaradin there should be no reason why a person would not be able to use the uh, the dishwasher for both milchiks and fleshiks, as long as you don't do it at the same time. Doing it at the same time, you're running into the Ramah, if that's allowed. Additionally, uh, 
you could say that's part of our minog, our minog of not using, uh, you know, salt shakers, different, different minogam we have, so you would assume included in that minog would not be to use a dishwasher for both milk and flesh at the same time. But once it's zah one after the other, so then you really don't have any halachic issues. However, Ramosha does not, he does not allow it. He says you can only do it if you change the, the dishwasher racks, similar to his, the sink from last week. Why? He's concerned that the dishwasher didn't do a good job, and there's going to be some amoshas, some leftover residue on the dish rack, on the, on the uh, dishwasher rack. So he says, if you change the racks, then you could use the dishwasher for both milchiks and fleishiks. So for Ashkenazim, for those that follow the Pesachim or Ramayisha, that's what we would tell people that you really should not be using the dishwasher for both milchiks and fleishiks if you're willing to change the racks each time. So then Ramayisha Feinstein was makel and all those coolers would apply today. The rinse, the initial rinse is not yet. So that is why the second wash cycle has soap. The third is a sterilization, but that wouldn't, uh, you're not using it at the same time, it wouldn't what, be a problem. What happens with all that food? Where does it go? So there's a disposal. It goes, it goes. you know, it drains out. There is a filter. It, it does catch some of the food. The yeah, so maybe that, so the that can discuss, problem? So Marcia doesn't discuss the filter. That, that was a later topic that people discuss, the filter. So when you're kashering, you definitely clean it out. Usually, at that point, the food is no longer considered edible. There's been, you know, a lot of, you know, several, you know, soap cycles. You wouldn't call that food at that point. And even if it is, it's so minuscule in the in the in the in the bigger uh, dishwasher, you would have bittel b'shishim, bittel ba'elof maybe. And therefore, that's a question really for Pesach or when you're kashering, you want it to be clean. But that's that's why that's when people discuss the filters. But halacha lemais, there really shouldn't be an issue. If a person didn't clean the filter, there really wouldn't be a problem. Okay. So let let let's see one shayla at a time. Number one, can a person use the same dishwasher for both milk and flesh? So at the same time, we said maybe Rabbi Vadi is meiko. I mean, he is meiko, but that that wouldn't be something we rely on to use it zeacharzeh in the svardish world. It, it is no. They're, they're meiko for the most part. In the Ashkenazi world, meiko adin, there's definitely what to discuss. However, Ramosh says to change the dish rack because we are concerned that food uh, food, food, got stuck there and you do have some be'en in, in the dishwasher rack itself. What about shishim? He doesn't discuss it. The uh, Another, another uh, question that people ask, and this is a more common uh, question, and that is if someone put the wrong fork in the dishwasher. So you had a milchik dishwasher or a fleshik dishwasher, and then you open it up, you see someone put a milchik fork in the fleshik dishwasher. A very common question. So up until now, we've been discussing using the dishwasher of all milchiks and fleshiks. But let's go back. The dishwasher you have in your home, as long as you didn't run any trafe in there, what's the status of your dishwasher? Is your dishwasher a fleshik keli or is your dishwasher a milchik keli? What is it? Is it parv? So, theoretically, your dishwasher is nothing. Why? Because anytime there was the end, there was meat or anything in, in the dishwasher itself, either it was cold, the initial rinse, or you had soap there. What about the final rinse? Everyone agrees that if you have hot water splashing a flesh of Kaylee, and now going into parv doesn't change the parv keli. It's not by not. The only reason why the remote was machmir when you have two kalim is when you had milchiks and fleshiks. They're both going to hit each other before becoming weak. But if it's a brand new dishwasher and you had milchik, sorry, you had a fleshik keli 
The bleah from the fleshy keli becomes a regular and opera not on the water. It's parv. It goes into the dishwasher. It doesn't make the dishwasher fleshics. So your dishwasher really is parv. Okay? Unless you actually had basa b'chalov, your dishwasher should be parv. Okay? So if I have a parv dishwasher... But you don't have the meat hit the side of the wall. Even if the meat is sitting on the side of the wall, it's still parv. We would say it never got hot, or when it was hot, there was soap in the, in, in the water. So how did my dishwasher ever become fleshics? So therefore, when a person, when a rov or someone asked the question, you have to see like this. What was your, what was your situation? Did you simply use a clean, empty dishwasher and you just put one milchik fork or a hundred milchik forks in the dishwasher? If you did, so even though it was a fleshig dishwasher in your mind, dishwasher is not fleshigs. It's a regular power of dishwasher and you washed milchiks by mistake. So that would be the easiest Shiloh. That if you just wash dairy uh, forks and knives in a quote-unquote fleshic dishwasher, so as long as the dishwasher was clean, then nothing happened. Dishwasher was power, so to say, it never became fleshics, and it washed milkic dishes. However, however, if you are, if you uh, if you have both milkics and fleshics, now you're running into issues. So. That's that. That's what's usually asked. Where they have a flash, they ran a flashic rinse or flashic cycle, but they also had some milchic forks in there. So now you have to start doing the math. If you have, let's say, uh, it was a, it was it was loaded with flashic dishes, and you have one milchic fork. Okay, so the flashic dishes definitely have bitle against the one milchic fork. Let's see, it's a small fork, one small fork, and you have a uh, hundred flashic dishes. And you had water and soap, right? So you would say, even the final sanitizing wash, I had bitl, I had shishim 60 times the volume of the fork. Which, if you had a gallon of water, you definitely have shishim against the volume of the fork. So if it was one fork, one small fork, one small knife, we would say you have bitl against that, and it didn't ruin the fleshic dishes. Now, that helps for the fleshic dishes. What about this milchic fork? It didn't have shishim against the whole other set of dishes. So now... According to that, this is exactly what the Ramah said. This case, you had dishes, fleshiks, and milchiks, same time, hot water. The Ramah says, we're machmer. However, the Ramah is makel if it's ene ben yaymai. See, the Rav would ask, when was the last time you used either the fleshik dishes, all them, or the milchik dishes? If one of these sets were ene ben yaymai, so then this is where the Ramah is makel. That as long as you don't have ben yaymai, blias, hitting each other in the water, you have the heter of not by not. So let's just clarify. They used dishwasher for both milkies and fleshics, okay? And they press, they let it go, Matzah Shabbos, or Sunday morning, in the wee hours of Sunday morning, they let the dishwasher run. They wake up uh, Sunday morning, and they realize there was a milkie fork in this dishwasher. Now, if the milkie fork was used on Friday to make eggs, so the milkie fork is enebenyoimai blia. That enebenyoimai blia will not... Uh, connect with another blia to make the the isura, and therefore there's no issue as long as again the the pre rinse the, the the initial rinse is cold. It's not the it's 100 degrees. The second wash has soap. The third one is a sanitizer wash, just hot water. But since we're only dealing with milchiks and fleishiks, you have the heter of not by not, and therefore. If it's Eina Ben Yoyimah, the Ramah clearly says Eina Ben Yoyimah would not be an issue. So the Rav's going to ask you, were there other dishes in there? And were any of these sets of dishes not used for hot 
in the 24 hours prior to being run at the same time. So as long as you had a Shabbos in between the Milchik fork, the Friday fork, and now the Matzah Shabbos dishwasher, then you have the Ramaz Heter, it would not affect the Kalim, you don't have to kosher anything. However, if both the Fleshiks and the Milchik were both Ben Yoimai, you used it both. On a Tuesday afternoon, you made Fleshiks, you made Milchiks, and you ran the dishwasher Tuesday night. So now, according to the Mechaber, you're good to go. Svardim are good. Ashkenazim, now you're running into a serious issue. You have the regular Ramaz case of not by not, and where Machmer, you would have to kasher, unless the Rav wants to go with what my father was saying, that the, the soap cycle kasher the kalim. It kasher the kalim, that the kalim don't need, don't need, because uh, there was soap in there, the kalim no longer have a, uh, a blia. So a Rav would say, okay, it depends on what the shaila is. It's one fork, uh, uh, you know, stainless steel fork. It's very easy to kasher. So just kasher it. If it's a mug that you can't kasher, Maybe he'll be a more, little more mako. You have the, the Mechaber's mako, the Sephardim are mako. So that would be a, a question of when you found the wrong dish. So, so a mug would all, was also be considered a Ben Yami because of Eriklee Rishon? That's a good question. A so let's say a person microwave. He put he put the mug in the microwave. He made a, you know, you have to figure out. You're right. How is a mug exactly a Klerishon? But we could, uh, we have a, a piece of a china, uh, a porcelain or glass for Ashkenazim, we don't kosher glass typically. So something that, that you wouldn't be able to kosher. So then you might be a little more makel. Yeah, but say, you need a ben yon, but you definitely need it. Yeah, it was so actually he, on the fire at some point. He used it within the previous 24 hours as a klirishan, yeah. All right, so so most of the porcelains are out because you're not in the same you, 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 you have porcelain enamel um, cookware. People have that. It's not so common, but people do have it. You're right. Most of these things would be cliche or the like. That, that's usual. So, okay, that, that, that's regarding using the same dishwasher for both milk and flesh. Just to review, to use it at the same time together, a Bavadia's Mako, most of the Svadish replacing are Machmer. Again, a Bavadia is coming straight from Shochanara. That's how he typically passes. He just says that's what the Shochanara says. They're not, they're not creating anything, no, no, no uh, frills, no, no whistle, bells and whistles. Shochanara says it's Mutter, it's Mutter. Many of the Svadish replacing are Machmer. However, they would say at least do Zacharzeh. Or wait 24 hours or kasher in between, that's the Svardisha Mahalach. In Ashkenazim, we're, we're getting much more Lamdish here. Uh, Ramosha technically holds Mikra Din. It will be Mutter Zacharzeh one after the other. However, he's concerned for Ba'en on the dishwasher racks. It could be today he would have been Makel. Our, our plastic racks don't, don't collect junk typically. It, it gets cleaned out. You can check, see, see if it gets cleaned. But he says to change the racks. But the dishwasher itself does not become anything. It's technically parv. But uh, not don't don't use it. And again, the minute probably would be not to use it for both you know, both as the same. What, what really comes up is when it's when it when it by mis- was mistakenly used for both milchiks and fleishiks at the same time. So then we said, okay, it depends. Do you have benyamin here? Any benyamin? Do you want to rely on the older rabbanim that used to say that that the soap was pygim the blia? Do we not want to rely on it? So that's the the, the question regarding the basabahala regarding kashering. Just to review, we said that the water inside is a clearishine, the hot water is a clearishine, but there's soap at that point. The only time you really need to kosher, uh, the only cycle you really need to kosher from is that third rinse, and this would only be Nagea for trade. Again, Basabahal, we said there really is no, uh, there really shouldn't be an issue, just, just run it because the whole blia is a chidish on its own. But let's say a trafe, you had a trafe dishwasher, so how do you kosher a trafe dishwasher? So we'll, we'll, we'll do this quickly. What you really should be doing is doing Hagala. 
doing Hagala on the racks because you don't have the heter of Napa Nap. When you have a treif dish, again, we're not we're not gonna go with the soap business, but let's assume the soap didn't wasn't pugim the blia. So you have a treif dish. This dish is being cooked in hot water in a dishwasher. So the treif blia goes into the dishwasher. So now the only way to kosher is to do hagala, 212. How are you doing 212? Some people used to take the racks out and put it in a steam kettle. It's very difficult to do 212. What, and therefore, many places say you can't kosher a dishwasher. You can't kosher a dishwasher for Pesach because you have chametz. You don't have this not by not business. Other places say no. This whole, this, uh, you have the soap consideration. And let's at least do kibbala kachpaltai. Let's run it on the highest cycle. Run it on the highest cycle, that should be fine. Now, what people end up doing, and many of them for decades were recommending this, and just recently I realized this is not correct, they would say, take your boiler, turn it up higher, and therefore, you'll get hotter water than you've ever used in your dishwasher. So that sounds great. Sounds excellent. The problem is, the higher you put the boiler, forget about the Sakana issue, you're not going to activate the heating element. When the water comes in, if the water is coming in, at the temperature necessary for the dishwasher to work, then the heating element's not going to kick in. If the heating element doesn't kick in, you don't have a clearition. So it's just eroy. You can't kosher with eroy if the product needs clearition. So you don't want to uh, raise the temperature in the boiler because you're not going to end up with hotter water. You can end up with less potent water because it's not a clearition anymore. Additionally, the sensors in your dishwasher will dictate how much water or how hot the water needs to be. If it senses that there's nothing here, it's an empty dishwasher, it doesn't need such hot water. So you either have to override it or you have to look at your manual. Usually it's a sanitized rinse. That's what we tell people to do. The sanitized type of cycle ignores the sensors, how heavy it is, how many pots and pans are here. It just goes as hot as, hot as it can be. But to simply run a basic cycle when you have a uh, 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 updated contemporary dishwasher that has sensors, you might not be getting kibola kachbolta. You're getting a lower temperature koshering than, than than the product than, than than what is typically running here. And therefore, you have to be very careful when koshering a dishwasher just to make sure you know how the system works and making sure you get the proper temperature. Um, that, that that's what people should do regarding Pesach. There's also a question of koshering plastic. Some people don't kosher plastic, so that comes up when koshering this uh, dishwasher. No one steams a dishwasher the same. Nobody steams. How? With a steamer? I don't know. They just, yeah, they don't do that? So that would work. If you have an industrial steamer, so you're getting hagala in the dishwasher. As long as you get it's very difficult to get every every part. But let's assume you would get every every part of the dishwasher, so steaming would indeed work. If you, if you had an industrial steamer that got to hagala temperatures.